Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. But I've noticed lately that there is just a ton of noise everywhere. Have you noticed? Like just noise. Like if you finally go and you like get out of town or you sit, you know, in the woods or by a creek or whatever, and it, you know, it, it seems like you're finally in that place where you're away from people. There's always something, even at that, I, um, there was a, a, fa- a couple behind us last year we were out, uh, we went out to the ocean and we're sitting and I'm like, I want to get, I want to get away from the people. We're, we got our lawn chairs like uh, as far away from the beach as we can get. And then this like, couple sits behind us and uh and they they you know have their music cranked up and then this other there's two ladies and they're sitting behind us and they start gossiping and they're back and forth and whatever and and so finally we move ahead so that we can't hear the ladies talking but the music just cuts through and even at at you know it wasn't like you know heathen music it was actually worship music but i remember sitting there and just being so annoyed because it was like there's just sound everywhere. There's just sound all the time. And even though it was like positive sound, it was worship music. It was like, you know, could you keep it to yourselves? Could you, you know, like I just, I just need some silence. But I found out recently that even when I can find a bit of silence, have you ever ever noticed that like lately, I don't know if it's just this year or what, but the wind blows all the time. (laughs) So even it's like, here's my quiet moment. I'm alone. The trees the grass, the leaves, the windows are rattling. Okay, so you know, you go sit in the basement and you might be alone with yourself and then you notice the chatter in your head is going. And there's just like, there's like noise everywhere. And it's, it's just this thing, it's kind of a current phenomenon of our generation is they literally call it chatter. And chatter is a nonstop low grade noise that is just always there. Chatter is this thing that is just this sound that is constantly there and you're always having to adapt to try and hear what you want to hear. There's just this hum in the in the atmosphere. And what I think is really interesting about it is that in this season, prophetically, I believe a lot of us are being called to make some pretty distinct decisions. And you know it. You know that God is calling you to make some choices. It might be about relationships. It might be about work. It might be about finances. It might be about your health. It might be about, you know, the direction of your calling, whatever it is. But there's a need to make some choices. And it's so hard to get still enough to get under the chatter and hear what God wants to say to you about this thing. And yet it is vital like vital. We cannot trust our own stuff right now. Proverbs 3, 5, again, you know this verse super well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So trusting him versus leaning on your own understanding. Trusting him literally means I'm not leaning on my own thought processes. He is not my last resort. I'm not asking him to bless what I decide. I am choosing to believe that he knows best right off the top. He's the one who knows what it is that I need to do. He's the one who has a plan. He's the one that has the wisdom. He is my first go-to. So I trust in him. I am choosing to believe that God is my ultimate core source of everything that I am doing, need to do, where I'm going, where I come from, he's it. This belief is not just an add-on to faith. And I, I think there's been this like, you know, a season where a lot of believers have gone through, I love, I love Jesus. I love conferences. I, I maybe love my church services, but those are the events of my life. My real life you know, I got to work stuff out. I got to, I got to sort it. I got to figure it out. I need to, I need to know how it works. And we kind of separate the two. And I believe God is calling us right now. There's a blending. What happens in the corporate is an overflow of what happens in the private. It's not an add-on. It's an overflow. It should be the expression where we come together and we magnify the Lord together because we already been doing it on our own at home. So together it's like, wow, this is so awesome. Just to see the more 
more of God in my life that we get to experience together. So I'm, I'm choosing to not try, you know, lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways, acknowledge him. And the word acknowledge means to know, to ascertain by seeing, and to become acquainted with. To ascertain by seeing or to become acquainted with. So in other words, I trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, I choose to ascertain by seeing him and becoming acquainted with him. By doing that, I am choosing his way over my own and he will direct my path. So I'm choosing very purposefully to step out of my own reasoning and into his wisdom. Now, I know this is basic stuff, but I'm telling you in the chatter of our current life situations, most of us are having a hard time getting there. Most of us are having a hard time finding what is the specific wisdom of God for me right now. And I love this story of Elijah just at the beginning here because he's, he's in a moment, like he knows God. He is the prophet of God. The spirit of God has spoken to him and through him on multiple occasions. He's the guy who literally just prior to this called down fire from heaven on the altar. Like he has experienced God. He knows the voice of God. And yet in his fatigue and in the stress and in what's going on in his own life, he is having a hard time hearing and discerning the voice of God. He has an impression. He knows that the word of the Lord has come to him, that you need to come here and listen. And then he's looking. He's looking for the big sign, like the fire, the I need the thunder. I need something. I need the wind. I need, I need a sign from God. And God's like, whoo. You need to get still. And I'm going to talk to you down here when you're done with all that. When you're done with all that clutter, with all that noise, with all that chatter. And I believe God's calling us into this place. And, and this is a tricky thing, but I, I feel like it's vital. Um, again, we've just, um, to put a plug in for the nationwide fast that's going on, 40 days of fasting started August 1st. It's not too late to join up. We have the sign up thing on our, on our app. Um, on the homepage there, but people across the nation, believers across the nation are feeling called by God to come into that place of humility, to come low before him and to listen and to intercede and to seek his face from that place. And so it is a time that is vital, vital, vital for us to get this. Psalm 1 19105, of course, you all know this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So I need the word of God in order to instruct me in the path that I'm supposed to take right now. I'm telling you, I think that there's some that literally you've made 95% of a decision, but there's a little check on the inside and you're like, I'm, I think it's going to be great. Everybody I talk to thinks this is going to be great. And on the inside, you just have this little check. Could it be that that is the still small voice? Like, could it be that you need to stop the chatter for long enough that you can hear his voice about this particular situation? Get into that secret place with him. Now, I've been, I've been you know, fighting this myself because my staff knows I actually have a really hard time. Um, I'm not as distracted as Sheldon, but... Um, <laughs> I really can't handle noise. Like I can't handle voices and whatever. And so if I'm working on something really serious, you'll, you'll find out that I'm not at this office. I'm at my home office and, um, cause I just can't handle just, just noise, you know? And, um, so, but I'll get home and then Walter will get a squeaky toy out and it's just like, I just need to hear God right now, you know, so dogs in the kennel and whatever. And so I need to find this space so that I can hear. And it's, it's been difficult. And I find that the, uh, the constant noise is not just physical, but it's spiritual. And so the thing is, there's an enemy of our souls who's at war over this nation right now. And the clutter in the airwaves is just constant. And so every news uh, reel that goes out, every announcement, every, you know, big statement of personal pride and arrogance that goes out there, sound waves go on forever. There actually is a presence in the spirit that is carried by the actual sound waves. And I believe that we pick that up, whether we're conscious of it or not, there's a noise in the spirit and there's a battle that's going on. And so anyway, I uh, was doing a little, little research and I, 
I have found out, for starters, that Wayne has been holding out on me for quite some time. And uh, can, can you, can, I, I just learned about these glorious things. So for those that don't know, these are no ordinary active technology, no natural hair destroyer. These are noise canceling headphones and they are a gift from God. And um, yeah, and if anybody wants to sign me up to endorse your product, I will be happy to do so. But you put, who has a pair of these things? Noise canceling headphones. Okay, if you don't, this is on your Christmas list. I'm telling you what. Uh, so here's, here's the cool thing about them. They literally remove the chatter so you hear just what you want to hear. And it's like heaven. It's amazing. And so I'm like, how does this even work? Like, I mean, we've got some that we use for when we're at the shooting range and whatever, but th these are like different. They're like next level. And so here's how it goes. Can we put up the first picture? Uh, this is a sound wave. This is how sound comes out. Somebody speaks, noise, whatever happens. You guys all are familiar with this, right? The sound wave goes and it will go on like forever until it bumps into something, but it just keeps going and going and going. So these noise canceling headphones are, are the opposite of this. So we can put the second one up. It's this. So the noise canceling headphones finds out what is the, the noise or the chatter that's in the air and produce the opposite frequency and the two opposites create nothingness. So when they bump into it, it silences the noise by producing the, uh, the contrary noise or the, the opposite noise. And then with that neutral space, you get to decide what you hear beyond that. And so when you listen to it, like last night, Cece Winans and I had a concert in my head. It was awesome. But, you, you know, you can decide to hear. I couldn't hear the wind. I couldn't hear the dog. I couldn't hear anything. All I could hear was like, Cece and her backup singers and the drums and then the guitar and the bass and then a little bit of strings. And, and we just like sat there and worshiped Jesus together in awesomeness. And um, you're all like jealous right now. I know you, you wanted a personal concert with Cece Winans, but uh, this is a conscious choice to remove the clutter so that you can hear what you want to hear. Are you with me? This is in the natural what it looks like. It is the, the, here's the constant sound that's coming against me. I am going to decide to engage an alternate sound that will silence the noise so I can hear what I really want to hear. Moving on. What we need in the things of God, when we're listening for the voice of God, we have to understand that there is a constant sound coming against us that is the sound, the prince of the power of the air, the sounds of this age are constantly coming against us. There's this wave against us. And I'm going to get preachy mommy on you here, but, but if you don't have a constant love of your Bible, get on it. There, this is kind of non-negotiable because there is a constant sound coming against you that is lies, deception, thievery, debauchery, brokenness, sin, and it is coming against you in every form, in every way. It is visually coming at you. It is audibly coming at you. It's coming at you in print. It's coming at you on your social media. It's coming at you in advertising that goes past you on a truck. It's coming at you all the time. The sound of this age. The only way to stop the chatter is to come at it with the contrary sound, which is actually the right sound. It is actually the pure sound. It is actually the word of God. And so we know according to the, the word, we, there, are, there are two specific types of the word of God that we're listening for. And the number one is the logos. And this is just the general word of God. So when people say, man, I'm, I'm seeking God, but he's just not saying anything. Well, are you in your word? Well, I, I, do, I do my devotions every day. Not good enough. You have 24 hours a day that something negative is coming at you. 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, there is a constant slur against you that is contrary to the nature of God. Now, that's not being pessimistic. That's just the truth. That's just how, how life functions. And increasingly in our age of technology, it is everywhere. And so we all kind of have opinions on stuff that we didn't even knew existed before. There's stuff, there's stuff you have a position on and an opinion on that you didn't know existed six months ago. You heard it somewhere. You heard enough people talking about it that you Googled it to find out what it was. And now you have an official stance on it. That is chatter. That is not your business, really. What is it that God is saying? And so the logos of God is the general word, the constant word. It is something that is constantly being spoken. It is what, what he says uh, generally. It is the principle of divine reason and creative order. Uh, there's this quote. Now catch this one. Scott Westerfield said, life doesn't come with an instruction manual. Now, I Googled this, and I'm like, who is Scott Westerfield? Because how does he have the gumption to say he said that? Everybody's mama said that. For the last several hundred years, everybody's mama has said life doesn't come with an instruction manual. But nevertheless, he's put his name on it. So we'll give it to him. But you know what? It does. So, so he might say it. We might say it. We might say life doesn't come with an instruction manual. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Right from the very beginning of time, it did. Right? People will say marriage doesn't come with an instruction manual. Oh, yes, it does. Parenting doesn't come with an instruction manual. Yep, does. Businesses don't come with an instruction manual. Yes, they do. There is nothing that we are facing that isn't found in the instruction manual. I'm telling you, this is the lifeline that we hang on to. This is truth. This is what needs to be constantly in there. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm an advocate of um, when you're in a bad space, you're, you're struggling with the noise coming against your mind, putting on just um, like the Bible on audio just having it put in the background. There's a lot of stuff that you can find for free on YouTube that's got some like nice soaky music underneath and somebody's just reading the Psalms or stuff like that. But fill the atmosphere with the word of God and know that this, this isn't even coming with a big word from the Lord. This is just, you're just, you're just clearing the clutter at this point. This is just the baseline. You're just setting it back to flatline so that you can hear the specific word of God, which is the rhema word of God. And so the rhema word of God is the specific word that God speaks to you. And as much as we would like to think that if we go like this, Lord, I need a word from you. But I will send my servants to you tomorrow about this time, and they shall search your house. Okay, not, maybe not what I was going for there, Lord. As much as we would like to think we can just randomly pick something and that the Holy Spirit's going to say it, and maybe once in a while that might feel like it works for you, God will speak, and the rhema word of God tends to come out of what it is that's already implanted in your heart. It comes from that place. It's, it's what you know about God's character, the, those specific things. When it comes out of a prophetic word that somebody speaks to you, it will line up with what the word of God says. If somebody speaks a prophetic word over you that does not match up with this, discard it. This is the baseline that we have, and then we look for the rhema word of God. And so you'll find that the rhema word pops up in you. Man, that scripture just came out of nowhere. I wonder why I was thinking about that today. Could it be that that was the word of God for you today? Could it be that's the direction that you're seeking? So these are very practical things. We talked about this last week, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So all scripture, we need to have his word hidden in our heart. Hebrews 4, 2, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so specifically, this word is the thing that's going to cut through your intentions, people's thoughts for you, people's wishes for you, their, their plans for you, the popular opinion around you. What is true? Truth, the word of God. 
What is wisdom? The word of God. What is life? The word of God. How do we cut through the noise? I'm telling you, if we believe what society tells us right now is true, normal, beneficial, we'll die. The wisdom of this age is demonically motivated. We know that the word tells us that it's, it's sensual in nature, it's demonic, and it's full of confusion, and every evil thing is present. If I'm going to be on guard against that, I have to make sure that I'm in here, I have my baseline, and that I'm listening for the specific rhema word of God that comes to me. Now, the specific word of God, this is where it gets a little bit tricky because a lot of people will say, I don't think I hear God. And let me just, I'm, I am not trying to be critical in any way, just bear with me here, but there is, due to modern technology, there is a prophet a minute online. Some of them have their own TV shows. Some of them, have, you know, they, they're promoted by everybody. If you have a sensual desire or wish for something to happen, this is, this is how you would like the outcome to be in a certain situation, I promise you, you can find a prophet that will back it up. So I'm cautious with it. I'm cautious with, I 100% believe in the office of a prophet. I 100% believe in the gift of prophecy in action for our day. But I'm telling you, if you can't match it up with the word, discard it. Discard it. It's not for you. And there, there will be a time when these things get sifted out. But right now, our itchy ears run towards something that sounds, you know, when, when you're in the clutter, if you don't have his word hidden in your heart and you're in the clutter, your ears will search for the loudest sound. Loudest does not mean right. The loudest does not mean right. And so your ears need to hunt for the still small voice that is the word of God specifically for you. I watched this, um, this series of videos yesterday. It was so funny that, uh, cause basically what we're talking about is becoming sheep who hear his voice. And, uh, this has been a very negative connotation in recent years. You know, we, we accuse people of being sheep, and uh, that's a bad thing. Well, in the kingdom, it's exactly what we're supposed to be. I guess it, the, the real source is who's the shepherd that we're following. But be, being a sheep is a good thing if you're following the right shepherd. And so um, you could Google it. In fact, you might just really enjoy that this afternoon. But they literally have videos and videos and videos of people, uh, shepherds, who um, will teach other people the calls that they give for their sheep, you know, when they call them out of the field and whatever. And the sheep just sit there grazing. They don't even lift their heads. They don't even look up. But when their shepherd comes and says the same thing, they come running. And it's amazing how they do that. And I found out, because we always hear like sheep are just stupid and whatever. I found out that sheep are not super stupid. Um, apparently they're second only in intelligence on the farm to the pig, which was interesting because I didn't know pigs were smart. But, um, Apparently they are. Sorry about the bacon. Um, <laughs> but these sheep will actually listen for the sound of their shepherd. And I want to just say that even though we talk about the logos and the rhema word of God, the logos being the continuous word of God, the rhema being the thing that's ignited to us, there's something that's even more important in activating that, which is the actual sound, the voice the voice of God, not just what he says, but the sound he says it with, the tone that he says it with, the nature behind it. And we've all heard people who just pull up scriptures and sling them at each other like weapons. And it's like, well, I know that's the Bible, but that's stung. That's not his voice. Um, you know, there are cults all over the world that use Bible scriptures to lead people down the crazy trail, right? And so we need to match up the word of God with the voice of God. And, and what this means is that we can't, you know, some people will say, well, I'm good with the word. I read the word all the time. Love the word. I'm in the word day and night. I study the word. Well, do you come to worship? No, I, I hate music. Okay. And, and not that Music is worship. Worship is a heart response. But if, if the feeling, the sound, the emotion, the connection with his voice is a problem, then understanding and navigating his word properly is going to become a problem. 
there's other people that are like, oh, I just love the presence of God. I just want to be in worship. Why can't we just have pursuit every single night? I don't really like Bible study. No, I don't do my devotions, but I love pursuit. I would love to be at pursuit every single week. Would you be able to identify if somebody got up and said something crackpot? I, I, you will, because I'll yank them off the mic. But, um, but honestly, that we need both. We have to get comfortable with the sound of his voice and the words that he speaks. And the two together allows us to navigate this life that we're called to navigate. And in this current climate that we're in, we have to know both well. We have to understand what he says and how he says it, the nature of God. And so, for instance, I'm really big on when when we have new believers that come in and they're like, where do I start in the Bible? Probably not Genesis. Um, Because, I mean, most people will get bogged down halfway through numbers, you know, if they survive Leviticus at all. But where I would say, and we usually say, start with John. And I would say, read it like 10 times through. Read the book of John until you've got it just locked in. Because John is written um, from the vantage point of the one who knows he's loved by God. And the very nature, the tone of voice that God addresses us with, it is from his love. And so that's a great starting place. And so I will usually say, uh, book of John, Psalms, and Proverbs, even if you read those on repeat for the first six months and then move on. Those, those will give you a platform because what we see in the book of John is the nature of Jesus, how he interacted, the, the kingdom on earth manifested. What we see in the book of Psalms is somebody who was after God's heart, who was somebody who God picked and the relationship between man and God and how God is actually okay with our emotional breakdowns um, and walks us through into the victory side. And what we see in Proverbs is the wisdom of God for every aspect of life. The other bits, sometimes if we don't have the right framework for them, we get totally confused. Like you can get off on a Hebrews bent and just be like way off in the Thule's by yourself and wondering why nobody else is there. You are the sheep that wandered. That's, you got to listen to the voice and come in. Once we know what he says, what he sounds like, we know his voice, then we dig in a little further. Uh, Going to a Bible study where somebody can teach and explain it, that's a good thing. Going through teaching that is, um, you know, put together with the explanation, that's a good start. Some of us have been saved for 10, 15, 20 years and still really struggle with the Bible. Once you get it, you get it. Once you have the right way of eating it, it's good. But you also have to hear his voice. It's interesting because John 1, 3 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Hebrews 1, 3 actually tells us that we are held together by the Word of his power. And so the word of God, the voice of God, the sound of God over our lives is actually what's holding our bits together. Wild. We are actually held together by his. So why wouldn't we want to hear it? Why wouldn't we want to lean in and listen for it? So this thing with sheep, it's so interesting. And we're just going to pick up with John 10 here. The whole chapter of John is, uh, John 10 is brilliant, but This particular bit where Jesus is expressing this need for the sheep and the shepherd. And we got to understand that he's dealing with a a culture at the time when he's speaking to them. He's dealing with people that understand sheep culture. And so they they had like common fields, um, common nighttime pens where the sheep would come together. And everybody's sheep are in the same pen together. But their individual shepherds would call them out in the mornings and take them to their pasture fields and whatnot. It was a very definite understanding that sheep were of value to the shepherd. There was a, a care and a concern there. And the sheep trusted the shepherd. And so starting at verse 1 of chapter 10, it says, Most assuredly. I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is the same as the thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. 
And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. So sitting in that for just a minute, verse 4, for they know his voice. And they do not know the voice of a stranger. It doesn't mean they can't hear. They're not deaf. It's that they know, they acknowledge, they recognize, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. I hear him. I am acknowledging him. I am tuning my voice to his ear. And the voice of the stranger, I'm not listening to. Those sheep don't bother getting up and moving for the voice of a stranger because it's not theirs. It's not theirs to follow. If we have so much clutter that we just hear that hum, 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 hum of noise, we are easily led astray. John 10, 11, and 14, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Uh, verse 14, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. Very specifically, they know who I am. It's not just what I say, it's how I say it, it's my voice that they know. I'm telling you, I believe with what we're headed into as a society, we have to know his voice. I said it before, I'll say it probably a million times again, there is no room for gray level, mid-range Christianity. We are either hot or cold. We have to be all in or we die. There is, there is a consequence in the current culture that if we allow it to bleed into our lives, it's suffocating, it's noisy, it's crazy. It's debilitating. But the life of God, Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that you would have life and life abundantly. So I believe we have this option before us. We can have abundant life in the midst of the chaos, or we can just be suffocated into silence. And so we must choose to lean in for this voice. And I was thinking about um, back, man, when I think I was in junior high and I was at this like... Um, students leadership conference thing leadership runs deep in our family but um at the end of the thing I was supposed to call my mom and uh, they would come and get me and um this was so long ago that I called on the payphone and called collect was how that worked um so I remember I called, I called the right number and I called collect. And so, you know, the operator actually asks the lady who answers the phone, you know, like, would you accept a collect call from Charlotte? And the lady's like, no. <laughs> and, uh, and the operator's like, no, um, will you accept a collect call from Charlotte? No. And I'm like, mom, you know, you could kind of hear delayed over them. The lady's like, I'm sorry, I don't know who your mom is, but it's not me. And so, all of a sudden, I'm, as she's saying that, I'm like, yeah, actually, that doesn't sound like my mom at all. I mean, I think I called the right number and, um, and I'm doing all the right stuff, but it's not her voice on the other end. She says, the, the lady who answers the phone says the right thing. Like, she's like, hello, you know, how can I help you? She says the right stuff, but it's not the right voice saying it. And so the right voice uh, is the one that I need to open the door that I need to go through. But the wrong voice will shut me down and cause me pain. And so, right? Yeah. Some people need to go home and Google what's a collect call. <sighs> it's not fair. <laughs> Here's the thing, even scripture gets misused. Satan from the beginning twisted what God said against Eve. Satan misused, misquoted, and twisted scripture to tempt Jesus in the wilderness. Even Jesus was tempted by a voice that wasn't quite right, saying the words that sounded right. We have to know the voice of our shepherd. We have to lean into this and find out what he actually says. Philip Keller is this um, author who was, uh, he was born in Kenya, um, 
raised by missionary families and, and uh, ended up coming back to Canada, lived in BC, um, studied agriculture and farm science and all of this stuff, did, did all this studying, but basically became a really high-end shepherd. And he writes this, he's, he writes, it used to amaze and intrigue visitors to my ranches to discover that my sheep were so indifferent to their voices. Occasionally, I would invite them to call my sheep by using the same words and phrases that I habitually employed. But to no avail, the ewes and the lambs and even the rams would simply stand still and stare at the newcomers in a rather blank sorry, bewilderment as if to say, who are you? This is simply because over a period of time, sheep come to associate the sound of their shepherd's voice with special benefits. When a shepherd calls them, it is for a specific purpose that has their best interest in mind. And he goes on and he talks about my sheep don't just come because they're familiar to me. They come because they know when I call them, there's food, there's water, there's a salt block. I'm going to deal with any sticks or debris that's hanging off them. I am going to help them. I am going to care for them. They trust me because I am good. Some of us are our risk with following the shepherd, and I don't know if I want to even ask God about this. I'm not sure if I want to trust the word about this. Why would God limit me in this way? We have to understand that the voice of the shepherd is always going to lead us to something that is good. When we understand that, we are quick to follow. And it's one of the things that I think is also interesting. There was another... Um, study and a shepherd that had had just shared you know he's like my sheep totally follow my voice wherever we are whatever group they're in whatever uh, common area they're part of they will hear my voice and they'll follow and the only exception is the ones who are new because they're not familiar with my voice yet but here we go they will follow the other sheep that follow me until they get comfortable with my voice they will follow the other sheep who follow me and so this is one of these things that I believe increasingly when we see people completely offended by the church and I want nothing to do with that, I believe they have bumped into believers that are maybe not doing so well listening and obeying the voice of God. And they bumped into some measure of a uh, form of Christianity that's not authentically the sound of the shepherd. And so we, yes, we lead people. We, we follow as closely as we can knowing that others are following us, but then we lead them to hear the shepherd for themselves listen listen look what happens every time he calls us this happens every time he calls us to come in he provides you know when, when why do we do the tithing message on Sundays because mammon is the dominant spirit over this area and the things of God the kingdom things of God are there to provide for you to bless you to supply you to help you live in trust to the right place and so it's not to get your money why are there rules in place you know I was talking to somebody who's a newer believer in the church and they were just like they actually were reading Leviticus I think and and just like or yeah something like yeah I think Leviticus but um you know, she was like, it's amazing how the rules God put in place were to keep people safe. And why do we think that the rules are bad? They're evidently there to keep us safe. Isn't that true? And so this, we want to listen for the, what he's saying, but his tone, his goodness, the kindness of God. Jesus says in the here, he says, like, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep, but the voice of the stranger or even the hireling, the hireling who is taking care of the sheep might look like they're taking care of you. They might look like they've got your best interest in mind. But as soon as the wolf comes or danger comes, they're out of here. But the shepherd, the good shepherd, will actually lay down his life for the sheep. So this is the safest place to be, is right in the center of God's will. And we say that all the time, but truly it is. And I'm telling you right now, we are dealing with, um, you know, the announcements about the economy and about it. He brings you a word or you come across it online or whatever. And man, it sounds mostly good, but there's a little, yeah, on the inside, shut it off. Just shut it off. It's not worth the confusion. It's not worth being slightly off track. It's like an airplane who is like one degree off. You end up in a completely different location at the end. We want to make sure that we're listening. And we know that when the shepherd calls us, when he's speaking, it's for good. What if he tells you to give up on a dream? 
What if you've got a life plan that's going tickety-boo along and you believe that God is nudging something else? Do you know the safest thing to do is say yes to him? Literally. If you're believing, you know, you've had a medical uh, diagnosis and some people are healed spontaneously, miraculously. Some people go through medical processes and, you know, deal with treatments and whatever. What is God saying to you about it? And then deal with the clutter. Don't make your decision based on what you feel God's telling you and then Google for the next eight days straight and find out what, you know, WebMD says. Doesn't matter. What does Dr. Jesus say? What, what, what is his direction for your life? Real estate, relationships, colleges, school choices. Should I homeschool or public school my kids? You ask him about it. Lean not on your own understanding. Find out what he says. Ask a few uh, good Christian counselors around you, people whose wisdom you trust to see. Maybe you don't know what the whole Bible says, but find somebody who does know a little bit more than you do and verify it. But know that if God's directing you in some way, he knows something you don't know. He knows something you don't know, and it will be for your good. As we finish today, I just want to read Psalm 23, because this is the concept that God's calling us into, is literally, I mean, it is, it is scary out there. It is. The stuff that we're presented with right now is scary. But perfect love drives out fear. So I want to get into that place. I want us to get into the place. You know what my, my desire as a pastor would be is for this church to be rock solid on the word of God. That the wind blows and the storms come and the earth shakes and whatever happens and we are solid. We are built on the rock of Jesus Christ. We know whom we have believed and we are persuaded that he is able to keep that which we've committed to him. We have this anchor that goes beyond the veil, that goes beyond this time. We are anchored in him. It doesn't matter. Let it blow. Let it blow. But I am anchored in him. My, my heart would be to see 400, 500, 600, 800 people absolutely locked in to who God is, his nature. You know, when we read about the people that are struggling in, in areas all over the world with like really specific persecution, how do they stand? They sure don't sit around and fill their mind with the garbage of this world. They have decided to silence the noise. They have decided to get into that place where they purposefully tune out. They have enough contrary voice coming in that there's a flat line and they're in for the sound of the voice of their shepherd. And what does the voice of our shepherd lead us to then? Let's stand together. Psalm 23. Well, let's say it together. We're going we're gonna to do New King James Version. I want you to feel every phrase today. You know what this bumps into? A spirit of independence. Right? Any measure of pride. Even sometimes our own insecurities. We want to prove ourselves. You know what? When we've got the right shepherd... Being a sheep is a good thing. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Just sit on that for a minute. We're going to do one phrase at a time. I shall not want. Lord, we thank you today that no good thing do you withhold from those that love you. God, you... You are our supply. You are our source. We're not lacking. Nothing's missing when we have you. It's not about the circumstances of life. It's not about the stuff. It's not about the balance in our bank account. When you are our shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Lord, we thank you that when the world is in turmoil, you are our peace. 
you take us to the places of your bounty and we feast on your faithfulness. We feast on your goodness, Lord. God, where, where the world is declaring your word even to be hate speech, oh, God, we know it's a love letter. It's a love letter. And we thank you that when we give our hope into your hands, our trust into your hands, when we look upon your guidance, you lead us into those good places. You minister to our souls in those places, God, and we thank you for it. Verse three, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So God, on that, we just thank you. Oh. We thank you, Lord, for leading us in the paths of righteousness when we can't mentally discern what is right. When we're being told that what is wrong is right and what is right is wrong, when our world is spinning mistruths and outright lies, God, that are contrary to your nature and contrary to how you've made us, God, we thank you that you lead us in paths of righteousness. You show us what is right in your eyes. We can trust you, God. You're not trying to get anything from us. You are trying to release us into the fullness of your kingdom. Lord, we thank you that you are the wisdom that we need and we thank you for leading us. Verse four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And Lord, we thank you right now. Huh. Lord, even in the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, we know that the enemy of our souls is here to steal, to kill, to destroy. There's a valley of the shadow of death around us at all times, and some it feels more present than others. Some have had diagnoses. Some have had uh, declarations come against them. But God, we walk through that valley, and we fear no evil. You are with us. God, we thank you that that rod and that staff, it guides us, it corrects us, it brings the discipline where needed and the guidance where needed. I thank you, God, that you guide us through these times, that we don't bite into fear. Fear has no hold in our lives, God. We choose to trust the good shepherd leading us through and we reject fear in all its forms, in worry, in anxiety, in, in uh, stressing, God. We reject it, God. We will not be intimidated by the enemy. We will not bow to the lies. We will not cower in fear, but God, we will follow you through the valley. We will follow you through and we thank you that you're leading us into good things. Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Lord, I thank you that even in the midst of the enemies, even in the midst of the things that come against us, you prepare a feasting place for us, God. We sit at the banquet table of your presence and we feast on your goodness, God. We look into the eyes of the one who loves us, who's given his life for us, Lord, and we feast on your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, we lean in and we trust your presence. We thank you, Lord, for the banquet that you've prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. We're not waiting until things calm down to worship. We're not waiting until things calm down to praise. We're not waiting until things calm down to get into your presence. But Lord, we feast on you in the midst of it. Whoa in the midst of it, God. May we be a people that, that show forth the bounty of heaven upon our lives, God, in joy, in peace, in love. God, exuding the fruits of the spirit that we've been eating on. Lord, living in the light of your love, we thank you, Lord, for that table in your presence. And verse six, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, I thank you that no matter what has been spoken against us, no matter what the track record of our life has been to this point, God, we choose to become obedient sheep who follow your voice. And goodness and mercy 
will follow us all the days of our life. God, we do declare that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You are our portion. You are our desire. You are our lifeline. You are our sure foundation. You are the beacon of our life. You are our very breath and your word itself holds us together. Lord, I pray over your people this morning, a resoluteness to cut the noise, to choose to turn away from the chatter and the clutter and the clamor. And Lord, that we would be people who clearly hear your voice, not just searching in the midst of the noise for the loudest voice, but we would be the kind of people who are still enough on the inside to hear the still small voice and to follow you with great confidence, knowing that you are the good shepherd. And we choose to give our lives to you completely and fully in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at Victory Church GP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.victorygp.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.